just as I am. Welcome to the Gospel Saves Podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. Please visit thegospelsaves.me. You can also visit The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And Welcome back. Over the course of the past few episodes, we've been talking about the solutions to evil presented by the Bible. The Bible teaches us that times of trial can strengthen us, that not all pain and suffering has a bad outcome, that good can come from going through difficult times. The Bible also helps us understand that evil is in the world because of sin. Sometimes I suffer the consequences for my bad choices and I've brought that evil upon myself. Sometimes I'm the victim of the consequences for other people's sins, and that can be difficult to deal with, but that's just part of the human experience. And sometimes I experience pain and suffering just as a simple consequence of living in the world, that sin is in the world, death is in the world, and as a part of the world, as living in the world, I'm going to go through tough times. This is just part of the human experience. We've thought about how God holds us accountable for our choices, and this not only serves as a guide for our own lives, but it also helps us to find comfort. When we see others who are suffering as victims of injustice, we can trust that the perpetrators will be held accountable by God, that God will one day judge all of us according to our works. We've also considered that there is a malevolent force at work in the world. The Bible calls this malevolent force Satan. And Satan is our accuser, he's our tempter, he uses deceit, and he also uses the fear of death as a weapon against us. All of these are important considerations to help us properly conceptualize evil and how we operate in the world and how evil operates in our lives but they don't really offer any ultimate solution. They don't really offer any victory. So while they may help us deal with the circumstances we find ourselves in, they don't really offer any way out. Is there any way to overcome evil? In this episode, I'd like to think about how God did not remain distant from our suffering, that He has fully participated in our suffering in the form of Jesus Christ. This was one of Job's complaints. As he talked with his friends, he, he said, I'm suffering, I'm in a terrible amount of pain, I've lost my children, this is a terrible situation I'm in, and God, He's so far away from me, He's so far above me, He sits in heaven, He just doesn't know what it's like to experience what I'm going through. And we can even feel that way to a certain extent if we're not careful. We can begin to think that God is so far away from us that He just doesn't understand. He doesn't get it. Why is He putting me through this? Well, Jesus gives an answer to all this because Jesus experienced what we experience on a daily basis. For example, Jesus experienced temptation. He was tempted directly by the devil. Luke, in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, records this encounter. 
Jesus fasts for 40 days, the devil comes to him and, and tempts him to change stones into bread. I'm sure that was very enticing for Jesus. He also takes Jesus up to a very high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and pledges to give Jesus all the kingdoms of the world if he will just bow down and worship Satan. Satan also takes him to the pinnacle of the temple, the very highest point of the temple in Jerusalem, and says, throw yourself off of here. God's angels will come to your rescue. Now, in each of those cases, Jesus countered Satan's temptations with Scripture, which gives us a little clue in how we too can overcome temptation. But the important point here is that Jesus understands what it's like to feel the pull of desire. Each one of these enticed him in some way. And in each one of these temptations, we see Jesus confronting all the things that are in the world. John in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 talks about how all the evil in the world comes down to three basic elements, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And Jesus experienced each one of those components in his temptation by Satan. And in that way, he becomes a, an effective high priest. He understands what we're going through. He sympathizes with us because he's been there before. As the writer of Hebrews talks about in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, that Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. So God knows exactly what it feels like to go through temptation. He understands what the pull of desire can do to a person. Jesus is sympathetic to this part of the human experience. He understands what it's like to experience temptation, to resist it, and avoid sin. Jesus was also moved to relieve the sufferings of other people. Now, the Bible is silent as to whether or not Jesus ever experienced any illness or a broken leg or something like that, but when he encountered people who were when he encountered people who were suffering the effects of long-term disabilities, he was moved with compassion. In Mark chapter 1, verses 40 and 41, a, a leper comes to him to be healed, and leprosy was a terrible disease. It, it meant that the person who was suffering from leprosy had to be removed from the congregation, from the community. He had to be... Uh, he had to live out on his own. So not only was it a, a terrible disease to suffer from, but you also had the, the distance one experienced in, in being stricken with leprosy. So this leper comes to Jesus and he says, if you are willing, make me clean. Mark tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. He stretched out his hand, he touched the leper, and he says to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Jesus, in this act of mercy, shows us his compassion for the suffering of other people. This leper is obviously a believer. He has a measure of faith. If you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus feels real sympathy, real compassion for the man, and he heals him. Another example comes from the book of Luke, Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 15. Jesus visits the city of Nain, and a widow is in the process of mourning and on the way to bury her son. And she's very distraught, obviously. Jesus sees this scene playing out in front of him. He sees this woman in, in deep sorrow. He's moved with compassion, Luke tells us. 
and says to the woman, do not weep. And just a couple verses later, he raises her son from the dead. In the case of Mary and Martha, in John chapter 11, they lost their brother Lazarus. A couple of days after Lazarus died, Jesus shows up and he finds everyone in mourning. The sisters believe that had Jesus been there prior to Lazarus's death, he could have made Lazarus well, but for various reasons, Jesus chose to wait, I believe, because he wanted to demonstrate his ultimate power over death. Be that as it may, he shows up on the scene, he sees folks in real turmoil over the death of this man, Lazarus. And as he watches his friends weep, as he watches the the people who are gathered around to support the family, as he watches them weep, Jesus himself is troubled in spirit, and he weeps. John 11, verse 35. So Jesus was touched by human suffering. He experienced it firsthand. And while we don't know what Jesus' health conditions were throughout his life, we know that he, he saw people going through difficult times, and he was moved to do something about it. Now, the last thing I want to say about Jesus experiencing evil firsthand is that Jesus experienced a cruel and unjust death. When he was hauled before the Sanhedrin, Jesus was accused of a terrible crime. He was accused of blasphemy. In Mark chapter 15, verse 58, several people accused Jesus of threatening to destroy the temple and rebuild it without hands. And that that phrase, without hands, is important because it signifies uh, rebuilding the temple by, by divine power. So they were not only accusing Jesus of tearing down the, the temple of God, they were also accusing him of assuming divine authority and divine power and being, being able to rebuild the temple without hands. In a couple more verses, in verses 61 through 63, he's accused of blasphemy for affirming that he was the Christ. That was a true statement. It was true that he was the son of David. He was the anointed of God. He had been sent here to be God's emissary to the Jewish people. So these these accusations were false. And then when he's hauled before Pilate, he was accused of fomenting rebellion. In Luke chapter 23, verses 1 and 2, the crowd of Jewish leaders who went before Pilate to accuse Jesus said, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Jesus is asked previously about paying taxes to Caesar. You know, should we Jews pay taxes to Caesar since we are technically descendants of Abraham, we're our own nation, we are followers of God. And Jesus says, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. So Jesus never encouraged people to avoid paying their taxes, even to this evil empire, the Romans. They were very wicked. And yet Jesus says, you should pay your taxes. Render to Caesar that which is Caesar's. So he's accused of blasphemy, he's accused of fomenting rebellion, of encouraging Jewish people to to act against Roman law, and then Jesus experiences this horrific death, this barbaric form of death, 
in crucifixion. He's flogged nearly to death before he even gets to the cross, and then he suffers death by suffocation as he hangs on the cross. Why did he die? Why was he suffering this evil? Was it for crimes he committed? Was he crucified on the basis of honest testimony? Jesus suffered an unjust, cruel death. Now, the point I want to draw us back to is that God did not remain distant from our suffering. He experienced it in the form of Jesus Christ. Like all of us, Jesus experiences the pull of desire. He understands what it's like, what it feels like to be tempted. He gets it. He really does. So he's able to help us through those times of temptation. He was touched by human suffering, and he sought to console and comfort those who were in pain. So God's not looking down from heaven and and misunderstanding what's happening here on earth. He understands it perfectly. Jesus Christ went through all of these things so that he could be our perfect high priest. And this is why he's able to say in passages like Matthew 11:28, "'Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden,' and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That invitation is filled with compassion and mercy from a man who understands what it's like to live in this world, from a Savior who understands what it's like to live in this world. So God did not remain distant from our sufferings. He participated fully in it. And in Jesus, we have God's ultimate answer to evil. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will.